Hello everyone, my name is Daniel as in Ghost Guide, and this week I'm going to talk about hearing ghostly voices. This is a common way for spirits to communicate. And I have some example stories for you. I'm going to start with one from the Huffington Post. If you're not familiar, that is a, an online newspaper. And they did a series, I think a couple years back, uh, for Halloween. And this story stood out because of the fact that it's related to what I'm talking about this week. It is titled, The Following. My older sister has a ghost that's followed her around for years. I lived with her once for about three months. So many weird things in that time, and all my sister said was, when I mentioned it, that her ghost didn't like me being there. Things like going to bed with everything locked up and switched off, and waking up in the morning with the back door open, lights on, and the kettle switched on. One night my sister and I were getting ready to go out, and I'd asked to borrow her liquid foundation. I used it and put it back where she kept her makeup. Ten minutes later she's asking me for it. It's nowhere to be seen. She accused me of taking it and made me buy her a new one and refused to listen to my side of the story. About a year later, when she was packing up to move to a new house, she found the makeup in a shoebox with some old letters. The shoebox was in a zipped suitcase stored under her bed. But probably the most scared I've ever felt was one afternoon when I was the only one in the house. This never happens with four others living in the small space. I arrived home from work and headed straight to the bathroom. I was standing there and started squeezing a pimple on my chin. A woman's voice in the hallway said, Stop picking your zits. It was loud and sounded real, and at the time I just thought it was my sister, so I laughed and told her to F off and asked what she was doing for dinner. No answer. I stuck my head out into the hall. No one. Searched the house. No one was home. I sat on the front porch until somebody else got home. I didn't want to be there alone. Now, the story gets a little bit uh, humorous at one point. Uh, the uh, ghost obviously thought that was gross. Although, I, I, as a thought, I don't fully believe that ghosts would find human functions as gross just because they don't have the bodies to kind of feel that connection. So that kind of goes a little off the rails for me. I always find that the, the true ghost stories tend to be more subtle, more laid back. So for somebody to yell, I'm not saying the voice itself, but to yell, stop picking your zits, it makes me wonder. But um, hearing a voice like that, that's loud, that's clear, and that um, catches you off guard, this is something that I fully believe in. Because I've experienced it myself, and I'll come back to that in a second. So when I look at the story that I just told you, there's definitely valid points to it. Um, the one that I like the most, and I don't know how they do this, but I've heard it many, many times, is moving things around. I um, 
I uh, had experiences told to me. I think I've told in the past on the podcast of um, hauntings where they'll lose something that's valuable to them. In this case, it was liquid foundation. I'm sure I'm not a woman, so I, I don't know how important that is to, to, to women. Uh, I can guess it's probably very important to some women. But uh, so maybe, you know, she, she forced her sister to buy a new one right away. So I'm assuming it was something important. So let's just say it falls into that category. Uh, but I've heard like uh, wedding rings, for example. That's the story that I've told before. What a wedding ring, wedding ring has disappeared. And, um, you know, they look everywhere. They tear the house apart trying to find it. And then it just shows up in the oddest place. So if you have a haunting in your house and this happens to you, you lose something valuable, you can't find it, then usually it's just a matter of a waiting game and it will show up somewhere. So don't uh, stress yourself out too crazily unless this thing is like life or death that you need it in your hand at that moment. And you can also even try talking to the spirits and asking, you know, please stop messing around and just uh, give it back. Give back. Give me back my ring or my liquid foundation so that gives me a validity in this story which then adds to the validity of hearing the voice now why do i believe in this so much good question daniel uh ghost voices in general are a believable thing first off because it's it's all around use of energy so when i hear a ghost story the validity of it comes from what exactly happens during that story. So if you told me the ghost did your dishes, I probably won't believe it because that's a very high use of energy. Something that as a non-material being that a ghost might be, they would be unable to do. Now you tell me it, it moves something small, somehow put it somewhere that it couldn't possibly be well there's a lot of experiences that prove this i might have said no to that at the beginning but then tons of experiences come through very believable experiences and then i start to look into it a little bit more and it's like yes this is an occurrence but something that is a use of a material level of energy i don't believe so this is where voices come in now voices is not a use of a lot of energy, if you think about it. The ability for a spirit to communicate, let's say through a divination tool also, not a huge amount of energy is needed. And if anything, through divination tools, it is using the energy of the person to control the tool and therefore create the communication. But to have a voice come up, how much energy does it really take to make this sound and the other side of it is what is sound in general like you know how does sound work is it a manipulation of energy i think so when it comes down to the noises we hear maybe it's just a manipulation i'm not a scientist in any way but i'm thinking that it's just a manipulation of energy so in my mind for a spirit to be able to talk to say a couple of words, I do believe that it is not a high use of energy. If you disagree with me, I would love to hear from you. Again, it's ggdaniel at ghostwalks.com. 
So I see this as a way of communication for spirits. But then the question comes to mind for me anyway, is it more residual or is it more conscience? Now, the stories that I've heard, including the one I just told you, tell me that it is actually more conscious. And this is very difficult for me to say because I am a huge proponent that most ghostly experiences are residual in the sense that it is something that occurred in life that is on a loop, like a tragic event or even something small that was just done over and over again. So most ghost experiences seem to be on that level, like when you're watching a movie, that it's just leftover residual energy and that if you're in the right place at the right time or you have the right sensitivities, that you can watch it play out. But when it comes to hearing the voices, this is different. I do believe that is conscious. Like, let's go back to the example of the story I just told you. Stop picking your zits. <laughs> it would have to be conscious. I mean, there's really no other way that could work. Because this, if there was a spirit standing in the hallway or somewhere nearby that was watching her, that's exactly what she was doing in that moment. And my own experience, well, I'll tell you in a second, is the same type of thing where it was almost like a confusing voice in that moment. So it has to come down to being conscious. Or the use of a residual experience, such as the hermitage story coming up, within a conscious moment. Almost like it's a scene that's playing out for the person. I don't know. I think I'm going a little bit too far down the rabbit hole here, but to sum that whole thought up, the idea of voices using less energy as a way to communicate, I believe that spirits always find the method of less energy, hence why most real ghost stories are subtle. And these are the ones that I, I tell on my tours, and these are the ones that when I hear, I say, okay, this is better proof of the unknown, better proof that ghosts are real. And this is why when I hear the stories that are very over the top, very hard to believe, that I'll usually need some other type of piece of evidence, like, you know, talking to the person who actually experienced it to show that this is valid, that it has legs and that it is a true story. And I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not the only one on this. Uh, there's a story I tell on the downtown Hamilton tour um, from the Royal Connaught. And at the end, I, I kind of like jokingly in a way is say, oh, you know, I had the same look of disbelief on my face that you do right now because the story is over the top. So then I go into the idea that it was shared with us by the guy who experienced it. So you had the opportunity and I did have the opportunity to kind of test him in the moment. I don't tell them I'm testing them. I don't want them to stress out. That would uh, skew the results, so to speak. Uh, but I do test them just kind of on the sly. And by, in this case, I asked a question that they probably wouldn't have expected. And the guy uh, passed the test. So that's the only way you can have these these extreme experiences become valid is if there's another factor in place 
But that's the beauty with hearing ghost voices, is that I think, personally, that you don't need any other factors. But I'll put that to rest for now. Because I want to share my experience. Now, this is something that happened to me a few years back. And I was visiting Holy Sepulchre Cemetery in Burlington. Now, this is a Catholic cemetery. It is where my grandparents are buried. Uh, It is also where um, uh, Johnny Papalia, the charismatic mafia Don on the Hamilton's Dark History Tour, he is also there. He's in the mausoleum. And I was there a bunch of years ago with my then wife and her grandparents are there as well and I also wanted to find a former neighbor that I I knew uh, find her grave so we're walking around and we split up at one point so I went to go see my grandparents grave and my ex she went to her grandparents and just to give you an idea the space in between is probably equal to maybe uh, five city blocks So it is a large space. So where I was standing, at points I could see her in the distance, a very tiny, tiny person in the distance. And I could see her walking around looking for the grave. So I I started looking myself. And I can hear her in the distance, and she yells out, What? Okay, I was a bit confused. I just kind of heard it, just very subtle, muffled in the distance. <laughs> and I, I turned around and yell, I yelled out, uh, is everything okay? <laughs> she couldn't hear me. I yelled it pretty loud. But she, she said, I heard it. It kind of like drifted towards me. She, she said it very loudly, what? So I just let it go. I found my grandparents' grave and, and thought nothing of it. So I, afterwards, I walked back to meet her. And she looked at me and says, what did you want? And I was confused. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I was over here. I was looking for the grave. And uh, from the tree over there, I heard you. And you said my name. I said, no, no. I was was over there the entire time. I was standing that distance. Like I said, it's about five city blocks over on the other side looking for my grandparents' grave. I was nowhere near you. So she heard my voice from a tree behind her, like I'm hiding behind the tree ready to jump out and say boo, when I was nowhere nearby. And she said that she was 100% sure it was my voice. Now, at that point, we'd been together for a few years, so I I don't doubt this. I, 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 I trust she wouldn't be creating these experiences because I know that she didn't do that. And she said she heard what was my voice. So it's kind of a... A creepy thought behind that. Like, do, have you heard this where the voice can mimic somebody else? Like the story with the sister, she immediately thought it was her sister. I don't know if the voice sounded exactly the same. The story doesn't say that. But maybe it is easier to mimic a living person's voice. If you think about it for a second. Because the way our voice sounds and how we convey words this is energy that exists. So if it could be taken and manipulated in some way, I want you to go away with that thought. 
I'm actually, you know what? At one point, I'm going to post on my um, on the Facebook page, Ghost Guy Daniel. I'm going to post a question um, and ask people if they if they believe in that idea because really that's the kind of stuff that keeps me awake at night. <laughs> this is the stuff that I'll think about: is um, can spirits take existing voice energy, such as what you're listening to right now with me, and manipulate it? I mean, if you think about it, I'm recording my voice right now. You're not listening to me live while I'm doing it at this moment. You are listening to an echo. I'm not actually there. I'm not actually talking through that box or whatever. uh, Sorry, box. I just showed my age there. (laughs) I'm not talking through your, your smartphone or however you listen to your podcasts, your computer speakers. I am not uh, talking to that. This is just a recording. So maybe the same idea behind that. Anyway, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole here. Otherwise, uh, this episode is going to be about five hours long. And I assume I'll lose you probably within the next couple minutes. So let's just pull back at that. If you um, want to see what people say, at least I hope there's a response to this. Uh, please go to the Ghost Guide Daniel Facebook page and uh, follow or like it. Uh, I usually have posts on there every other day, at least if not daily. The final story I want to tell you has to do with one of our former ghost guides. Now, her name is Tressa. She used to lead the Niagara-on-the-Lake tour. She was one of the original uh, guides, other than myself, uh, who to lead that tour. But she was obsessed with the Hermitage ruins. She always wanted to go on that tour, but the thing was, the Hermitage always ran on a busy night, either Friday the 13th or Saturday, usually around Halloween, and during that time, she was busy doing the tours in Niagara-on-the-Lake. So we set it up for her. I wanted her to see it. You know, she was very excited about this. So we set it up that she had a night off, so she got her boyfriend, and they came out to the Hermitage. Now, they were doing the tour with Ghost Guy James, And this was her first chance to be out there. She was loving every moment of it, and everything was fine at the beginning in the gatehouse and heading down the path and leading up to the ruins. When she got to the front of the ruins, this is where she started to feel it. Started as a bubbling in her stomach, a little bit of nauseousness along with that. Now, before they fixed up the hermitage, you had to walk around the side to get to the back because the middle part was gated off. So we come around to the side, and the trees and the bushes were overgrown. It was only a small path that you could get through. And that's when she heard it. This is the voices. The voices of men were coming from the trees. Now, she listened very closely, but they were muffled. She couldn't make out any of the words. And then she looks around to the other people in the group, for which there were about 14, 15, and nobody else was reacting. So she stayed silent because she didn't want to look crazy. But things started to escalate after that. Whatever this energy was, it was trying to get her attention. She was being poked and pushed, like poking in the arm, and at one point it pushed so hard, she fell backwards and her boyfriend had to catch her. Her boyfriend's like, are you okay? And she said, I'm fine. And then the entire tour, she had to deal with this. And then at finally, you know, the, the, the ruins part is over. They're walking down the path to head back to the parking lot. And as they come down... The nauseousness and dread is at its worst, and she notices movement from the corner of her eye. She looks to the right, and in the dark woods beside them, she can see what looks like the shadow 
a gray shadow shaped like a man is walking beside the tour group. And at this point, poor Tressa thought she had gone insane. And she thought, that's it, it's over, until Ghost Guy James stops the tour group, turns around and says, I don't know if I'm going crazy, but it looks like there's a man in the woods beside us. And at that point, Tressa knew that the whole experience was real. At that point, she could just feel everything lift from her. The nauseousness, the dread, it all went away. And she also said she heard a voice from the woods one final time. Again, she couldn't make it out, but she thought it was saying goodbye. But she sure hoped it wasn't saying see you later. Okay, that's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And again, if you are enjoying this, please spread the word. I uh, would like to get my numbers up. <laughs> not not for any selfish reasons. I am just excited to um, establish this as a podcast. And with establishment comes the ability for me to do interviews. And I'd like to go down that road Uh, My whole goal with this is not only to tell a good ghost story, but to prove to as many people who are listening that ghosts are real. Anyway, thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful week.